Hello there, I'm Minister Paula Cornett. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Revelations from the Heart. I'm so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. Also, visit me on Facebook, Instagram, and my YouTube channel. Well, grab your Bible. Let's get into today's episode. Praise the Lord. Minister Paula Cornette here with Revelations from the Heart podcast. This is episode number 20. Well, how you all been doing out there? Hope everyone's been doing all right, staying safe and staying well in Jesus' name. So much going on right now. Um, that we are all experiencing and all um, seeing things unfold right before our eyes. And so today we're going to pick up with talking about the last day's society. Last uh, podcast I did um, one on Pentecost, kind of broke it up and uh, did a teaching on Pentecost and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have a praise report uh, from that teaching, uh, someone called and I prayed with them over the phone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So praise God for that and uh, talk to her. She's doing very well and continuing. Uh, just giving God praise for that awesome gift. So I just thank God for that. And so um, if you've been following along, we've been talking about the last day society that's laid out in the book of second timothy and the book of second timothy was written by the apostle paul he wrote it to timothy who was his mentee in the faith his son in the faith and um he gives timothy a lot of instructions encouragement a lot of things i encourage you in your spare time to uh read that whole book read the whole book of second timothy um, because it's just very, very, very powerful. I'm still reading it again and again and again and again and again and again. And each time I read it, I find something else that I didn't find the time before. And I'm sure when I read it 10 years from now, it'll be the same thing. So um, when I started this series, um, it just had been on my heart to do a teaching about this. I thought it was so very uh, just pertinent for the time. That, that we're in, not really aware of all that was going to transpire and take place and be taking place. Um, but I just think that um, it's just important for us to get this information to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying. And, you know, a lot of times I've come across people that, like, they don't want to read the book of Revelation because it's so scary and it, it it's, you know, it's got a lot of bad things in it. And the thing about it is, is that, God puts those things in his word so that we can be prepared. You know, God doesn't want us to be fearful. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He doesn't want us to be fearful or uh, anything like that. But he lets us know what's going on. He lets us know what's happening and what's going to happen. And the thing that I do is that from being a, a student of the scripture, that, you know, nothing really comes by too much of a surprise because if you read the word of God, we're seeing these things unfolding and playing out right before our very eyes. And so this teaching is definitely no um, exception to that because 
it's really just like right where we are. It's right where we are. And so the Apostle Paul, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through, um, you know, the whole, as the Holy Spirit just leads him, he begins to tell Timothy about in um, 2 Timothy 3, is it 3? Yeah, 3 and 1. He starts to lay out the characteristics that will make up people in the in the last days, in the end times. And let's just do a quick review, first of all, in Second uh, Timothy 3 and 1. Um, it says, know this, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And um, the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul to let Timothy know that, you know, this is definitely going to happen. This is something that, you know, you emphatically, indeed, you need to know categorically that this is going to happen. There's there's no stopping this. This is going to take place. It's talking about a very specific thing. It points to a very specific and important. And um, you need to know what's what's going to happen and what's, what's, what's going to go on. And when you see these things, you'll know that you are in the last days the word last is a greek word eschatos where we get the word eschatology and eschatology just means the study of end times and so the word eschatos it is the ultimate end of a thing the final stopping point so he's saying that when you reach that final stopping point you'll know that you're at the final stopping point when you begin to see these things perilous times dangerous times risky times calipos the greek word calipos which means dangerous or risky times hurtful times and he says that they shall come. It's the Greek word in, in stemi, and it's compounded of two words to, together. And it means to stand, to stand in, to stand in the middle of, to be surrounded, to be encumbered, or to stand in the very middle of what is being discussed. So we're discussing and talking about the last days. So you'll be surrounded when you find yourself at a place and a point where crazy stuff is going on or you turn on the television crazy stuff is going on you step outside crazy stuff is going on you'll be surrounded by crazies and crazy things that you'll know that 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 you're in the that you're at the end of the age and so we talked about when was the last days that you know people say well people have been talking about the last days for forever i mean when i was a kid i can remember saying when the last days the end days come and has it come yet? Well, we've been living in the last days all this time because the beginning of the last days was initiated at Pentecost. And I just thought it was so awesome that the Holy Spirit led me to to do a teaching about um, the end time society and that it was smack dab in the middle of when Pentecost, I didn't even remember that Pentecost, you know, I, I didn't like look ahead on the calendar to see that, but it's just like how it just all coordinated together and worked together that was able to talk about Pentecost last week and that's when it that was like the starting point of the last days the church age the age of grace that was that was a starting point and that push moving forward moving ahead where we are right now we are there we are at the last stopping port because we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of all this stuff around us and it seems like with this year more things have taken place and happened back to back to back than I can ever remember. I mean, you know, things that have just, you know, altered our society. 
you know, as a whole. And so I said, well, what are we supposed to do? Well, we are supposed to know and realize that God has anointed us, appointed us, and chosen us to live in this time. And that we don't have to be afraid. Paul goes on in the beginning of 2 Timothy and he, he admonishes Timothy, encourages him to um, remember, you know, that God has not given you the spirit of fear. God has not called us to fear. No matter what comes, God has not given us. That spirit is not of God. But Satan wants you to fear. Wants you to fear the future. Wants you to fear what's to come. Wants you to fear, am I going to lose my job? Fear this. Fear that. And I mean, even if you... Um, Look at now, that's what's inside. The media wants to incite fear. Am I going to get the virus? Am I going to die from the virus? You know, all these things. Is there really a virus? You know, what, what, what's, what's going on? You know, you, you're afraid to touch anything. Afraid to, he wants you to be afraid. And God doesn't want us to be afraid. But he wants us to trust in him. Um, and put our trust and faith in him. Because he has not given us a spirit of fear. But the spirit that God gives is one, is the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind, a disciplined mind, a mind that is fixed on him, that is secure, that is stable. Even in the midst of all this, I still have peace because why? My mind is stayed on Jesus. My mind is stayed on him. And sometimes you got to pull yourself away from everything that's going around because there's a lot of voices. There's a lot of lot of talk, a lot of, you know, everybody's giving their opinion. Everybody's giving what they think or everybody you know, now all of a sudden has her PhD in political things, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Hey, I leave that stuff up to God and just pray. And that's what he calls us to do is to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray, and to um, continue to, to, to make sure that our hearts are right and pure before him and to minister to as many people that we come in contact with that we share the gospel with them. So to know, be encouraged that it's this is really great times because God has appointed us, chosen us to live in this time, in this season. And um, Paul begins to lay out, um, there's 25 different characteristics of people that will make up the last day society or the end time society that you will see like everywhere. And I mean, you just turn your television on and you'll see all of these. You just step outside, you'll see all of these you'll see you probably know some people that have these um, characteristics but he lays these things out for us so that we don't fall into the trap beings of being like this and so that we continue to stay steadfast in prayer um so that we don't fall away but that we continue you know the bible says in matthew i believe it's matthew 24 where jesus says that um those that endure to the end shall be saved and so we got to endure to the end we got to make sure that we endure to the end so the first characteristic we're going to review the first one that he talks about is lovers of themselves and with this being the first one everything else it kind of branches off from this one this is like the top one okay it's this is like everything goes back to this because they're lovers of themselves they'll be covetous because they're lovers of themselves they'll be unholy because their love, you know, it's a result, it's like a cause and effect type thing, like, you know, so lovers of themselves, and this is, you know, those people that are just so in love with themselves, you know, this society will be marked by um, nar- very a lot of narcissistic uh, behaviors, we see that, I mean, I, I really hadn't even heard the word until a couple of years ago, and it's like it just took off, like I heard that word and was seeing it everywhere, and you see these narcissistic behaviors 
popping up all over the place because we're at the end of the age. And so this will be like the I am generation. This will be marked by the I am generation. So these type of people, they have an inordinate love of self. They're self-absorbed. They're self-consumed. It's all about self, self, self. And that's not what God has called us. He calls us to not be so into ourselves. In fact, he calls us to come out of ourselves and come into him. And so we want to make sure that we are the opposite, that we are not lovers of ourselves, that we take care of ourselves. Yes, definitely. But that we do not have just this over, um, over and just this inordinate love of ourselves. And then the next one that we come to is covetous or uh, it says lovers of money in some translation. And this is just like this is really like the same thing as lover of themselves, other than this person just loves money, a lover of money, an inordinate love for money or an abnormal preoccupation with money and material possessions. So their decisions, you know, they just revolve them. It's all around them. These type of people, they're super duper selfish. And anytime you talk about selfishness, that's always the territory of the enemy. Because Satan, you know, he, he breathes on that, on selfishness. That's why he wants you to be selfish. So that he can, um, you know, cause you to operate in his domain. But God wants us to be unselfish. Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins because of an unselfish love. If he were thinking of himself, he wouldn't have done it. No one in there you know, would have done that, but because of his love, and that's a love that we just can't even understand or even explain. It's just an awesome love that we none deserve it, but God counts us worthy to receive his love. The third one um, is bolsters. There'll be bolsters. You'll see people that, that they're so committed to their own self-promotion and their personal agenda. They will do whatever it takes to make themselves look better. They'll embellish a story. They'll lie if they have to. And we see this everywhere. I mean, people just boasting about, you know, and the Bible says that if you boast about anything, boast in the Lord, boast in the Lord. And, and Proverbs talks about, I can't remember how it goes word for word, but it says something along the lines of, you know, let other people say things, but don't brag on yourself. Let other people, you know, say what you do. You know, God calls us as his children to be humble, to be humble. And when you are something, you don't have to tell everybody. You just be it. You just do it. Okay? You don't have to boast and make yourself look good or anything like that. Just be, just, you know, just bring it. Just bring it. So there will be boasters. Um, there will be, the, and this is, the, the society will have people that are proud. And so, you know, proud is, you know, what we think proud pretty much is. It just depicts somebody that thinks they are above or superior um, they just think that, you know, they see themselves above the rest of the crowd, snooty, just like with a snooty, high-minded, impudent attitude. And they just think that they're intellectually advantaged They're that they're above everybody else. We see this, you know, all the time. Um, a lot of times these individuals, they'll come under the guise of progressive thinkers. You know, they want to do things our way, or this is the way we should do things, you know, and the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. First Peter five and five says that. And so, you know, we want God's grace and we need that, that grace. We don't want God to resist us. So we want to make sure that we stay um, humble before the Lord. You know, it's the humble 
that 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 gets God's attention. The proud, He turns away from him. When you think about it, just when you deal with somebody who's so prideful and proud, I mean, you just don't even want to. It's like, oh, good Lord, you just don't even want to deal with that type of an attitude. And so it's so much more um, better with someone that has a humble, you know, just a humble heart. They're just more pleasing um, to be around. Um, see what number is this? Two, three, four, five. I believe it's five is blasphemers. We'll have blasphemers. And these are people that slander. They accuse, you know, they speak against, they speak derogatory words, anything to defame or deface someone. Um, they will do that and, and they get upset and mad, uh, when you don't agree with them. You know, they'll, they'll just, they just want to shoot you down and just, they'll just talk about you really, really bad. And these are the type of people that we will see. We, we all have the right to think how we want to think, whether it be right, whether it be wrong. And just because someone doesn't agree with you, doesn't mean that they don't love you. It just means that they don't agree with you. But these blasphemers, these types of people, they get so upset, so mad that, uh, they want you to agree and do what they want you, you know, they want you to believe what they believe and adapt it. And, you know, when you, when you turn against that, or when you say, well, you know, I don't agree with that, then they will start to just try to humiliate you and just talk really bad and make you feeling, make you feel bad for your belief, which opposes whatever they believe. And so then in the middle of all of this mess in the middle of all of these types of people that will make up the end time society, kids have the nerve to be acting up. Kids are going to be disobedient to parents. So we'll see um, a rise in children that are just disobedient. They won't have respect for authority. And the parents, you know, they won't be able to really like control. I don't want to say control, not in a bad way, but to lead their children. So uh, this word is, uh, it just means that, They'll, the children will be unpersuadable, uncontrollable, unleadable, no longer able to persuade, control, lead, or exercise authority over. And it means a loss of control. And so I see, we see this all the time where parents, you know, they're not able to uh, correct their children. Uh, what it will be replaced with is uh, parents will be trying to negotiate with their kids. You know, like people say, you got to pick your battles, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So um, some people are even afraid to, to discipline their kids or to say anything to their children. And so this calls for them to not have respect for authority for their parents. And so they will be disobedient to their parents. And once again, everything goes back to being lovers of themselves. Uh, the next episode, we talked about uh, unthankful and unholy. And these uh, two words... When you put, you know, they have the like the root, the root of the word. It means like the word thankful. The root of the word is uh, keratos, and it means um, it means just means thankful. But when you put that a in front of it, it's a keratos, which you know, like within our English language, it's thankful. And then when you put un in it, then it kind of does away with the meaning and makes it the opposite. And this is the way when you put an A in front of it, it does away with the original uh, root of the meaning and makes it the opposite. So when um, it just, it pictures a person or a group of people who were once thankful, but who have become unappreciative and unthankful. 
they they're they're entitled. See, you have to continue to have a heart of thanksgiving, and you can never forget the things that God has done for you. And you know we have to give thanks with a grateful heart. We have to give thanks. There's power in thanksgiving. You know the Bible says to give thanks unto the Lord for He is good. And so we continually give thanks so that we don't fall into the trapment of being unthankful. Just think, you know, you deserve this. Because nothing that we get do we deserve. What we deserve, Jesus took on the cross. That's what we deserved. As, as great and as educated as you may be or people may be, we none deserve God's goodness that he bestows upon us. We none deserve it. And so we, we, we have to remain thankful and have a heart of gratitude and not to forget even the simple things sometimes things that we take for granted like air conditioning heat hot water those things don't mean much until your air goes out you know those things don't mean much until your hot water goes out and you realize oh lord you know sometimes i just pause and stop and just thank god thank you for the car thank you for my car thank you that it's it's running efficiently probably thank you that you kept me in the middle of the night from hurt, harm, and danger. I thank you, God, because I know that it was you. Thank you that when I should have been, you know, taken out of here, Lord, that you kept me. You're the one that sustained me. You're the one that kept me. And so we have to remain thankful. You know, we got to continue to give thanks to the Lord. All right. So we see this attitude. Um, I see it, especially in this new generation. They feel that someone owes them something. You know, they want, they want a lot of times they want the posh life, but not the sacrifice that it takes to get to the posh life. Nothing comes overnight. Nothing comes without hard work. And regardless of if it was you, someone along the way had to work hard to get, you know, perhaps what the benefits of someone else may be receiving today. And so, um, we do not want to have an attitude that is unthankful, but we want to pause each and every day. And thank God, you know, Thanksgiving is a time that we in America celebrate, um, you know, and, and, and commemorate being thankful. And, and, and you, a lot of times you hear messages about Thanksgiving and being thankful. But as believers, Thanksgiving is not just a day or it's not just a holiday, but it's every day that we're thanking God, thanking, thanking God for shoes to wear on my feet. Some people don't have shoes. Thank you for fingers and hands and eyes that can see ears that can hear just things that sometimes we take for granted that you know we have to be thankful for and then the next one is unholy and this word is the same as um the word with unthankful is that uh the the root of the word anosis uh comes from the word uh let's see here Gnosis, I think that's how you say it. That's the root of the word. Um, and it just means it depicts a person or a group of people that were reverent, respectful, and God-fearing. But when the A is put in front of it, anosis, it makes it the opposite. It cancels that original meaning. It actually makes it the opposite. So what this word means, anosis, that it means what was once holy has become unholy. What was once reverent has become irreverent. What was once God-fearing has lost its fear of God. You don't ever want to lose your fear of God. 
and it can be translated irreverent and disrespectful. It depicts those who have lost a fear of God, whose way of thinking and outward actions have become ill-mannered, impure, unclean, lewd, indecent, crude, coarse, vulgar, offensive, and rude. These people were once respectful, but now they're just rude people. And you can turn your television on and see just unholy all up on the TV. The things that used to be sacred and things that used to you wouldn't put on television, they will put on TV. If if you ever watch like episodes of Andy Griffith, shows like that, older shows like that, there's certain things that you are not going to see at all. This is the kind of shows I watch. I do not want to see that. I don't want to see no filthy stuff. I, I just don't. I'm very, very um, selective on, you know, what I watch. And it's becoming more and more slim pickings on things to watch that are decent, decent shows. I'll tell you, another one of my favorites is Daniel Boone. It's that old Minister Paula, you're old school. Oh, man, because it's a storyline. It's a good story. You know, it's it's not no smut and no filthy stuff. It's it's just a, it's a good, clean show that I can sit and watch with my nieces and nephews and not feel uncomfortable. And not only that, but the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me, and he don't like watching that stuff. I like to sit and watch stuff that I don't feel convicted in watching. I don't know why I went off on that, but perhaps somebody, you know, needed that. But we see these things in our society. We see these things in our society that things that are is unholy, it's become unholy. There's no fear of God. They do not fear God. Because see, when you fear God, you have a respect or a reverence, not a frightful fear of God, but a respect and a reverence because God is not one to be played with. God is not one. He's very serious. And when you don't have a reverence, that you might do anything. You might do any old thing. And some things I've seen people do, I'll be just like, hmm. To myself, I'll just be saying to myself, mm. So, you don't want to be unholy. You want to make sure that you're living your life holy because the Bible says that only he that hath clean, hand, clean hands in a pure heart shall see God. That's what Psalm says. And we have to be holy. God said, be holy as I am holy. No, we can't be as pure in our holiness as him, but as much as possible, we, we have to rid ourselves of of the things of this world we got to rid ourselves of the things of this world because this is not our home heaven is our home and oh how my heart and soul longs for heaven and as things begin to unfold and get worse and worse it's almost like you kind of look up and say lord jesus come i know there's much work to be done but lord how much more can we take but he'll come back to get us before it gets too bad don't 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 worry about that all right so that brings us to the to, to number nine for today a new one for today so it is it's what does it say without natural affection like what when i first read that i was like okay now how are we gonna how are we gonna tackle this one what does that mean without natural affection i mean my own natural senses i just couldn't think of what that could mean but anyway it's the greek word of storgas and um, once again, this has got an A in front of it. So the word stargos is a devotion and commitment to one's family. But when the A is added to it, it cancels everything out, cancels out what that original meaning and makes it the opposite. So it depicts a lack of devotion to family, an absence of commitment to one's family. 
the deterioration of family relationships, the loss of family affection. So what we'll see uh, in the last days in the end time society is a breakdown and a deterioration of the home. And man, we see this so much more. You can just see looking back, uh, even I guess like 10, 15 years, how the enemy slowly over time has just been deteriorating homes, taking the fathers out of the homes. And um, you have a lot of fatherless homes, which a father's role in the home is so very vital, so very important. And some homes have the father in the home, but he's not present. Okay, he's, he's, just, he's just there, but he's not there. But a father that is there and that's leading and that's guiding his family, that's instructing his children, um, is so very important, so very important uh, to have that. And so we'll see more of a breakdown or deterioration of the home because God created families and Satan wants to destroy families. And some of the things that some families go through is just heartbreaking. It really, really is. But we will definitely see uh, without natural affection, that's what that means, is that there will be a breakdown in the family, a loss of affection of family. Your family, you have to make sure that you do whatever you can to maintain your family relationships, husbands and wives, fathers and children, mother and children, um, mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and fathers and daughters, just all to in-law relationships that you keep peace in your family because you certainly don't want to succumb to um, the effects of the end of the age type family. So we say why, one several reasons why we've seen a breakdown in the family. Just when I think about some of the things that, that, that have, has happened, um, very few families uh, eat meals together, like as a family at the table together. Um, I can remember when I was a kid, uh, that sounds funny saying that, but yeah, when I was a kid, that uh, we ate dinner around the table every night. My mom cooked during the week, like we had good hearty meals every night. Now, like on the weekends was when we occasionally but not too often but we'd have other things you know like pizza night or what have you but we we I mean I can remember sitting down and, and watching TV as a family together as a family watching television as a family and I guess for me that's why some some of the older shows that I watched when I was a kid when I watched those they have attached to that just such good memories you know and so um Family is so important, but so many families, they don't eat together. Or if they are at the table together, they got their phones and they're on their media things. You know, my mother, she will not allow, even to this day, she will not allow uh, the phones at the table because we want to sit and talk and look in each other's face and share our hearts, you know, communicate with one another. And so um, it's so very important, you know, to do that. And if you're not doing that, then perhaps it's a time but not perhaps, but you definitely want to start. You know, you get your family together and say, we're going to eat together and we're going to share together. I can even remember as a kid that um, one of the things that we did is that we had like, because um, I was raised in a Christian home. And so we did Christian things, right? And so one of the things that we did is that we memorized scripture. And so we, they, we would go through and, you know, see the scriptures, 
that we, you know, had committed to memory. And, you know, it was a it was a pretty fun, we thought it was, you know, like a game, but actually it was instruction. And I'm so glad that, you know, that we did that. And so then we find in here as well that not only will people be without natural affection, so a loss of love for the family, but truce breakers. <coughs> Excuse me. They will be truce breakers. Now, I've come all the way in here to take the podcast, and I did not bring any water with me, so I'm going to have to... to um. I hope my throat has just a few more moments before I need to go get some water. But praise the Lord anyhow. So number 10 is truth breakers. All right. So this again is, you know, got an A in front of it. A spondos. All right. So uh, the, 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 the spondos, it means to make a covenant. But when we put the A in front of it again, um, <coughs> it, und- it, it undoes that meaning and it means the opposite. So the word espandos means to undo a covenant. It pictures one who breaks a covenant, covenant breaking, and it could be used to picture divorce, like literally the divorce, irreconcilable differences resulting in breaking of a covenant. So the last day society divorce will be rampant. I mean, some people have been divorced four and five times. And we see this in our society. And the reason for their divorce will be irreconcilable differences. Irreconcilable differences. And so you may say, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of going through a divorce right now. Well, you know, you don't have to be a victim of that. And we can pray and believe God to turn your situation around. I've known of many stories where people have been on their way and God has intervened and um, turned that situation around and we're going to believe God to do that for you as well. Now, some may say, well, I've already been through a divorce. Well, you may already be a victim of this last day society. Well, there's hope for you as well to know that God loves you and he cares about you. He still loves you. He still cares about you. And he's devastated that this has happened to you. And divorce is a devastating thing. And until you've been through a divorce, uh, you, you don't understand the deep hurt and the pain that is attached to that. But to understand and know that there is healing even in the midst of the divorce and that God can restore and heal your heart if you let him. He can restore and he can heal your heart. And um, what we want to make sure that we do is that we work on our families, we work on our marriages, we work on our relationships to pray for your family. Families pray together regularly. Um, say, well, for how long? Until Jesus comes back. All right? And from, from here on out, you need to be praying with your family regularly. And for those that may be a victim of, you know, the society of, or be a victim of divorce or what have you, let God heal you. Let God heal you because he can. Let God heal you because he can. And let his joy renew you and strengthen your heart. Sometimes people think when a divorce happens that, you know, this is the end, that God can't use me or that, you know, no, it's not the end for you. God can still use you. God loves you. And he definitely can bring you out and use your life as a testimony to those around you. So with that in mind, we're going to conclude and we will pick up again next week. And we will discuss 
whatever's next. Let me go back here and see what, what do we have next on the agenda. See, we made it to number 10, Truth Breakers. So next we got False Accusers, Incontinent, Fierce, Man on Man. I don't know how many of these I'll tackle, but we'll we'll see. And be sure to also, um, I'll do a YouTube version of this that I'll probably post on Sunday, sometime Sunday afternoon or what have you, but to kind of put them all together here. And uh, be sure to watch that so you can see me. And i uh, love for you to uh, join me there. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Revelations from the Heart. Or you can put in Paula Cornette. Um, and also be sure to um, subscribe to this podcast. Well, we're going to conclude with prayer. And like I said, if you are maybe in the midst of a divorce, we're going to pray that God intervene in your situation. And perhaps you may have already experienced a divorce. We're going to believe that God will heal your heart and um, just do a mighty, mighty work. I know everybody's situation is different and, you know, those types of things. And so, um, but God can definitely heal and mend your heart so that you don't carry around unforgiveness and bitterness um, for those things and know that God can still wants to use you. God's plan for you is still good, not of evil, not of harm. And just to pray for the families and pray for marriages and pray for my single people. Hey, I'm still in that category. Hopefully not for long. So I don't know what's taking so long, but praise God. Anyhow, being content and being single. So, Father God, we just thank you right now. We thank you for this teaching. We thank you, Father, for your word, the book of instruction, Lord God. We thank you that you have not left us without anything, no stone unturned, but you left your word as a guide to let us know what's to come so that we can be prepared, that we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry about anything because we cast our cares upon you, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, that you are so awesome, that you're so mighty, that you're so great. Thank you that you've been sustaining and keeping us, Lord. I pray for that individual right now that may be listening to this recording. They may have just stumbled upon it, Lord God. It may be going through a divorce. Father God, I cancel the assignment of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak forth, Lord, peace in the situation. Let reconciliation come, Father God. Let healing come, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. For your word, Lord God, which is able to sustain us through any situation. And I speak forth, Lord God, your peace to that heart, Lord God. Your peace to that soul, Lord God, that may be dealing in, in the midst of a divorce. I pray for the children, the victims of the divorce, Father God, or that may be going through, Lord, that you touch their little hearts. And that, Father, that you, that you bring healing, Lord. Don't let them turn to things that are... Not of you, Lord God, but let them turn to you because you are the healer of broken hearts. And Father God, I pray for those today, Lord, that may have already experienced a divorce, Lord. Father God, I thank you right now that you give them a renewed sense of hope, Father God, to know that you still love them and you still care for them. And I thank you, Father God, that you complete them, Father God, that you help them to be whole and complete in you. And I thank you, Lord, that as you help them pick up the broken pieces, the shattered pieces of their heart, Lord, I thank you that you're mending hearts, even right now, Lord. And we just come against bitterness and unforgiveness 
those things that try to set up in our minds and in our hearts to bring sickness. And Father God, I just cancel all that in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for healing the hearts of those. Lord, I lift up marriages to you right now. Those married couples that may be listening, Father, thank you for showing them ways, Lord God, to safeguard their families against this end time pandemic of divorce and of uh, the breakdown of the family. Let our families be strong in you, Father God, and be examples to those around us, Lord. I thank you for my single people, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you helped them to hold on to you, to stay pure, to stay holy, and to be remain thankful, Father God, that even in all of this, even in being single, it's not the end of the world. And I thank you that, as your word says in Jeremiah 29, 11, that you know the plans that you have for us. And I thank you that your plans are good. And I thank you that you're bringing the right mate across their path and help them to know, Father God, without a shadow of a doubt, that this is whom the Lord has hewn out of the rock for me. And we thank you for that, Father God. I thank you that the singles are believing you for godly mates, godly mates, true people of God that are full of the Holy Ghost. And I thank you and I praise you for that, Lord God. You be glorified, Father God. And I thank you for touching the hearts. I thank you, Father God, for helping us to stand fast in faith, in prayer, for our nation, for our world. And I thank you, Father God, that when it's all said and done, that you are still God. And that you rule and you reign over all. And that nothing goes past you. That whatever hidden agendas that are going on. We don't even know the extent of what's going on, but you see and you know everything. And I thank you for justice, Lord God. I thank you for justice, Lord. I thank you for healing our land of racism, healing our land, Father God, of this sickness, this virus, this disease, healing our land of corruptness, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, for the great and mighty revival that is to come. I thank you that you're preparing the people that are listening to this, Lord God, to be a people that's ready to meet you when you return. You be glorified through this podcast today and forever. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Once again, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and be sure to watch me on YouTube this Sunday. YouTube video will be posted. Be sure to check it out. As always, remember that the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with someone in your life. Also, share on your social media outlets. And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, And be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornette.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon.